0: This episode of post Ask Draft is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely is best-in-class WordPress-managed hosting. They help big brands scale, uh, and it's really the place you want to be if your website is a mission-critical site. They have an extremely flexible tech stack to help you accomplish your goals with your website, and they have these three things that they really like to focus on. Number one, flexibility. Number two, scalability. And number three, Reliability. When I think of Pagely in the years that I've hosted my main website, postass.com, on Pagely, that's what I keep in mind myself is I know I can do the things I want to do. It's not overly opinionated. It's highly scalable, and it's reliable. I never worry about my WordPress going down because it's on Pagely. Go to pagely.com to check it out. Thanks so much to Pagely for being a Postass partner. Hello and welcome to Post Status Draft. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with my partner for Post Status, Corey Miller. Hey, Corey. Hey, Brian. All right, our so second a,
1: official podcast.
0: It's our second podcast. Every, uh, every trend starts with two, right? <laughs> yep. Um, so we have a couple of topics that are highly relevant to us that we want to discuss today. And number one is juggling multiple things. We're both doing so. So we're going to talk about the process of it and some of the things we've tried to instill in our own habits and otherwise. And then the second thing is the process of working with a partner, because when juggling several things, often the choice would be to have a partner in crime as you do so. Obviously, this is highly relative to our our own situations uh, with post status. And then each of us are, you know, statuses are common plate but we each have other plates that we're spinning so that's what we want to discuss and iron out today you know I'm thinking of who's our listener who's who's listening to this and thinking uh, I'm interested and you know one type of person sticks out to me in particular which is a like a plug-in or product developer, someone that's got a WordPress product and maybe it's not their full-time gig yet, or maybe they're balancing the product side with doing some freelance work. Um, Why don't we jump back to the first time you had to start balancing something and go from (laughs) there? So like, what have you learned since you, you know, since you started doing full-time WordPress back in 2008 or so, was iThemes paying the bills right out of the gate or how did that work?
1: Yeah, I think she was paying the bills right out of the gate, but I've I've kind of notorious among people that have worked with me to be a plate spinner anyway. I, I kind of relish spinning the plates, at multiple things. It keeps me engaged. And so but I woke up, you know, a couple of weeks ago, post status is one of five projects I've got going right now, and realized I backed into being a plate spinner again. But and iThemes, yeah, I spun a lot of plates in the first year. Of course, we had full-time, uh, you know, I had money to be able to kind of get started. And then we tried to get revenue in the first month as fast as we could and be, you know, self-sustainable. But uh, for that year, I tried to only spin one plate, and that was just iThemes. Uh, but on the project plate for products, uh, it was just trying to iterate on themes and stuff. But the year, year or two prior... I was doing the same thing we're doing now, which is balancing a full-time gig with um, stuff on the side. And my freelance business just happened to be, you know, it worked out. But I was also, I don't know, 13, 14 years younger. And I could power through until midnight or one. Now it's like, I'm going to bed at nine.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. I've said on this podcast and elsewhere many times that my, I I used to call it my 10 to two time. So 10 PM to 2 AM was my window where typically, you know, my wife was in bed. It was before I had kids and I was a night owl. So I would get stuff done. And that was how I maintained my side hustles while I had full-time jobs. And I can't do that anymore. Like just physically, my, I can't do that now. And, you know, if I have to get some stuff done late at night, I might be able to put in an hour uh, or so. But I run out of steam. Like if I'm going to do something else, it has to be something replenishing or balancing my work efforts, uh, like reading a book or something that's not my, you know, fingers to keyboard <laughs> type of activity. I know a um, lot.
1: I know most probably of our community can relate to all of this as burn in that oil, so to speak. And then, um, now as you know, I've gotten older, it's like, it's just not going to work. And you and I both have young kids. So yeah. when I get home, it's hard to like, I can't pull out my computer. One, I've got a kid sitting in my lap and, um, you know, wanting to know what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm trying to get something done.
0: <laughs> if I'm, if my two year old is here, he will literally just make every effort, to just slam the space bar. He's like, that's the biggest thing that's on that board that you, you know, put your fingers on. And he's just like, I got to get on that, you know, (laughs) I can't, I can't really work with, with them awake. Uh, What that means for us is that we're juggling things and we're not like inventing new hours in the day. We're, we're figuring out how do we juggle within our standard, our standard day. So how do you, How do you physically process this in terms of planning and execution?
1: Gosh, you know, I with the five projects, like in December, I thought I had four. This is all I want. And then something happened. And I was like, okay, there's a fifth can't turn it down. And I realized real quickly, like, okay, I don't want to get into old bad ruts. I knew I had to get organized. New post-test is a priority for me, for us, uh, for our family too. Um, and I've got a lot of other projects kind of spinning, but I had to get really organized and go, okay, you know, I'm going to need help at some point. So I actually hired a virtual assistant um, a couple weeks ago. I don't even know if I told you that, Brian. but.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it a, to me.
1: Yeah. Hired a virtual assistant because I had a longtime executive assistant at uh, iThemes named Patty, and we called her Painkiller because she would just kill all the pain. <laughs> And I was like, I've got to find, figure that out. So I hired a virtual assistant and starting to delegate, trying to delegate things to her to help me chase down some things. But there's just so much like she can't go to the bank and sign, you know, a bank account for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to be strategic about it. And then now, you know, you and I both said we're in a different stage now. So we've got young kids, Work, work-life balance, if that's even a thing. Work-life alignment is a thing for me but I don't know if I want to be working after six o'clock. I need to devote that time to my, to my kiddos. And I know you do too. Um, so I've got to really prioritize. I think Jason Fried said it best is, uh, in one of his books or podcasts or something a long time ago that constraints, particularly time constraints are such a good thing. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, when I sold themes, and people, you know, have their opinions about where they think my financial future is. But uh honestly, when when everything is an option, everything sucks. Mm. And uh I think constraints, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but constraints are good in certain yeah. situations. Everything is an option. And I've kind of taken that mindset from Jason Freed that, you know, having kids is good because it gives mm. me some boundaries or at least I need to be setting boundaries to not repeat bad habits that I did over 10 years, I think.
0: Yeah. So you're saying constraints in terms of what you choose to work on. And that's interesting for me. I kind of know what I'm working on now. Like I made those decisions and uh, you know, I'm, I'm contracting a significant chunk of my week with uh sky I'm working the majority of the rest of that with post status. And then I have this, one thing, and this is where I really had to make my biggest decision, which is on the like my crypto side of things, where I had a huge community following and stuff. I had to say, I'm going to establish scope on what's achievable within that project, and really limit myself to to what I know I can do well and efficiently. So for that, it really meant narrowing it all the way down to just like a podcast. Uh, so I, I do a podcast in that space and now I know like, I'm not going to spend more than, you know, X hours in the week on that because I've established scope for that project and then it's deciding, okay, well, where, where's the differentiator between, um, you know, being productive with my time and relying on teammates, like in our scenario That was one of the big things, selling half a post status. It's not just, oh, great, there's a little bit of money now that I get to bring in, which I'm obviously thankful for. But it's also to say, okay, if I treat this as part-time and you treat this as part-time, we have two part-time contractors. Well, you put all four of us together. We're combining multiple people's skills. And the end result is better than me as a full-timer by myself could have ever done in the first place. So I feel like that's a really effective use of part-time efforts and allows me to juggle multiple things. And in my opinion, put out a better product on the thing that I was trying to do alone. So that was a big part of it for me is defining the scope and identifying how can I uh, make something better while spending less time on it.
1: Yeah. I, I think what it's been for me is prioritization of like, I can't, I can't goof off. I've been here, here in my little office from, you know, 830 to five roughly, and it's uh, straight through and it's good. It's engaging. I want it to level off at some point, but there is a focusing power. Like I've got to be very good about prioritizing what my time is, particularly with juggling some projects like you do. um, I'm thankful that our partnership, we're in the same time zone and roughly on the same hours, work hours. Mm. So that's really good. My partner, Rebecca Gill, another project, she's in the Eastern time zone and I always have to kind of convert a little bit on that. Um, so, and then it's my really other... hard
0: for our friends who have partners or whatnot that are six hours or 10 hours apart that the yeah. offset that you create in your communication cycle forces your projects to go slower.
1: We were very deliberate about when we um, took on our Portugal team at I and because they were six hours ahead of us, and knowing there's going to be a lag, and man, that just slows things down when you're trying to ship products. Uh, so it's it's you know I'm definitely thankful we're in the same time zone, and even Rebecca and I are just an hour apart, but still, it's like she's already started her day. You know, I might get an email at six thirty in the morning when I'm just kind of getting around, and it's like, oh man, her day's like getting going now. Yeah, she's full force uh, already. Yeah. Uh, so. But but again, I think it is the constraint is the prioritization. Like today, I just thought, okay, well, you know, one thing I've done is to have, for the first time probably in my career in about 12 years, I am blocking time out of my my calendar for recurring meetings that I've never done before. But I have to do it and I have to get better at time prioritization too. And so even getting the newsletter out today, for instance, I was like, okay, I got to think about this better because. I need to block it out a time, reverse engineer, whenever we're going to get the newsletter out and then block out time when you guys aren't waiting on me for something. So we make sure and get out a good product.
0: Yeah. So it's a new lesson in discipline. It, yeah, it certainly is. And uh, the first person that I saw doing this really effectively, they showed me their calendar. They talked to me about how they balance was actually Syed Baki. And you know, a lot of our listeners will know through awesome motive, Uh, He's got his hands in uh, five different products at any given time and incredible amounts of other businesses as well. Like he does it to an extreme. Yeah, He's a robot. He's a robot, (laughs) but he is a time blocking master. Like I, he showed me his calendar and it's color coordinated. It's day by day and it's broken into, you know, a two hour or a four hour block, a 30 minute block and he's got every day of every week assigned to a thing and it's like here's a half day that goes towards working with Jared on WP forms or a half day working towards opt in monster you know it may change depending on week by week but he knows before he starts his week essentially where he's spending the every like work hour of that week he's designed his uh, his workouts and he's designed his you know it's like it, it if there's family time or travel during the normal work week, like it's built in there too. And I was inspired by that. I could not mimic it. Like I tried it for a little bit and it was too structured for my discipline. Like his discipline level is just beyond (laughs) mine. Yeah. But it did give me a framework for saying, okay, well I have my focus. So like Mondays, we have a lot of meetings with Sky Verge and that's like, basically a SkyVerge only day aside aside from if something that really needs urgency from post status comes along. Uh, And then it just allows me to structure my days and say, this is my big thing today. This is my big thing this other day. This is where I want the majority of my time and my hours spent. And I've actually started uh, uh, tracking my hours and I've been evolving that I've I've always hated time tracking any job where they like, you know, focused on that. I was always like, look, I don't want to do this. (laughs) You know, I like negotiated my way out of it. And now I'm, uh, I'm embracing it, but it's more for my personal accountability than anything else because I want to know like, okay, well, was I actually spending these hours of these days on the things that I planned? Of course, it helps me like for, you know, for a contract job that helps if you're paid hourly, but even for something like what we're doing, um, I had a partnership line item on my time tracker and I was tracking generally, like if we got sidetracked, you know, or like we had a meeting, I would track it. And then if we had, um, you know, something especially where it was in a zone that was supposed to be geared towards something else. I wanted to know, like, how far off of my routine am I getting? And it's this intro week accountability process, so you kind of have an idea of, like, oh man, I've spent more hours over here, and I need to be over there. And it's been really good accountability for me to better audit my time, so that I can then more effectively move forward and be knowledgeable about the way I'm approaching it. And I'm not succeeding. Like if I say, okay, well, I want to spend 25 hours over here and 15 over here and two over there. Like it doesn't always work that way, but it allows me to have a target and audit my effectiveness against that target. And you really learn a lot when you start doing that.
1: Yeah. I, I go back to the Syed comment and uh, I'm joking when I say a robot, because, but uh, his worth it work ethic I is unparalleled I've never seen anything like it maybe my dad who's now should be retired for the second time and working 60 hours a week in the oil and gas industry but said is a is a maniac but he's also it, I think it the thought about that was like it's it's how we're all kind of wired like I've had so many people over the years they know I juggle things and I spin plates and go why would you do that and I'm like it's how I'm wired. I mean, and, and I used to go, why do you only have one project? That sounds boring. And so we had this until I finally realized to each his own, like we're wired in different ways and how we want to do that. Now, having said that, you said this poor discipline, that some, it's a word I've been trying to kind of reintroduce into my life. Consistency is another big word. Um, so I've gotten more organized and, and, um, Want to line things up where I'm not dropping balls for sure. And I'm mixing the metaphors here, but you know, a plate doesn't drop. Um, but they're all important to me and they're engaging. And I think that makes me, me, you know, if every, we were all a carbon copy of each other, it'd be a bland world and, and all that. So I think to each is on for sure. But I think you're, you're talking about something. We're talking about something that a lot of people go through. They want to strike out on the entrepreneurial adventure and, but they're balancing day job and then pretend, potentially family. I have a couple of business friends here in Oklahoma City that their entrepreneurial story started with, I started my business when my child was six months old. And I'm like, I can't imagine that. You know, I kind of say, I iThemes was in kindergarten when we had our first kids. <laughs> so I had our kids. So like, it was to the point where that one, that little baby had kind of graduated and was under adult supervision. And then I could kind of turn my time now now in this season of time it's just very drastically different and so um, man I just admire the stories of people that juggle so much particularly with family while starting this, this crazy job this crazy gig we have called entrepreneurship I said you know if entrepreneurship was easy by the way everybody would do it because think about the freedom the lifestyle you're able to, to live as an entrepreneur but it comes with a heavy cost just talking to a dear friend of mine at Known for a long time, entrepreneur and comparing stories and him saying he's had a rough couple of years and going and my part was to say to encourage to go I'm going to be in your seat at some point and encourage you that like this thing this this thing we do called entrepreneurship uh, is just not meant for everybody <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's just a tough thing but it's really thrilling for me to come to, I would say to join you. In something that's already started, by the way. So that makes mm-hmm. these projects, they're all exciting to me, but this is different in that I can help take something really, really good and make it even better. Um, where starting new projects, whoo, that's, that's a ton of work, man.
0: There's a different kind of grind in there.
1: Um, like we did two years of post status before the club, you know? Yeah. Like all that grind of getting the thing off the ground, like business takes time.
0: Uh, one of the things that I think plays into this idea of structure and being able to juggle different things, a lot of it does come down to personality. And for me, you know, I've always achieved a lot. So it's not, it's, there's a difference to me between what I'm just des- about to describe and like if it's laziness or something. For me, it's not laziness. I have no threat of saying, oh, I work from home or I don't have a, you know, nine to five jobs. So I'm gonna sit on the couch at my house. That's never my personality. But I do procrastinate uh, in a in my own way. And waitbutwhy.com is a great website that it's it has a long series from 2013 called How Procrastinators Procrastinate. And it's like the brain of a procrastinator. And what it he really breaks it down to is this intimidation of long tasks that makes a procrastinator put that off. And how you can kind of beat that and how to beat procrastination or the way he describes it is he says effective planning turns a daunting item, say like writing a book or launching a website or something big and turning it into a series of small, clear, manageable tasks. And when you do that, you're making something that sounds big. He calls, he says, a remarkable, glorious achievement is just what a long series of unremarkable, unglorious tasks looks like from far away so if you break things down if you have this type of mentality where you can see the short short term finish line and turn it into a to-do list or you know a task then that's no big deal it's like okay boom knock out that task. boom knock down that task and then all of a sudden you've done lots of things that add up to be this really big more glorious thing of accomplishing your goal and I've found that I have got to structure my day-to-day that way. And I've really embraced note-taking, but it's kind of a hybrid between note-taking and to-do list stuff where I take notes of like, okay, what's my, what's my main jam? Like what I have to capture today. And sometimes it's an idea and sometimes it's deliverable. And then turning it into these to-do lists that I accomplish inside that week. And then you add that in week in and week out. And hitting those to do items, that's when the the real changes and the effects start to take place for me.
1: Yeah, when I I completed my bachelor's degree when I was uh, in my late twenties, so I went back to school, and uh, the staff there at that college in the adult program said, "How do you eat an elephant? One bite at <laughs> a time." Yeah, and you know I've used that a lot with teams, helping coach teams that I've led and others is this big task that you have, breaking it up into small parts. And then I think there's something to be said of, I think it's James Clear, the author, prolific blogger that talks about you know consistency. Like if you're going to write a best-selling book, it's, you know, break it down. If it's 50,000 words, is it 500 words a day for X amount of months kind of thing. Now, I don't know... I want to believe I have that discipline in me to show up every day and just write 500 words a day. But I believe that if you do that, you will show up, you know, an X amount of months and with something. And uh, that's just a harder pill for me to swallow sometimes. Uh, just again, how I'm wired. I'm not trying to make excuses, but just saying it's, it's not an easy task. Some people make it look easy, but the reality is they're probably wired in a different way.
0: One of the things I learned from Pagely was that the price of hosting or the expense of hosting is really a relative thing. Uh, p- what Pagely might be able to do for $1,000 might end up costing three to 5000 at hosts that don't do these large setups all the time. I called uh, – or I t- <laughs> chatted, rather – with the CEO of Pagely, Joshua Strebel, several years ago, and said, "Hey, we're comparing options between Pagely and some of the other options in the market for really high-scale websites." And what I realized was that on an apples-to-apples comparison, uh, I was getting more with Pagely for less money. Now, granted, we're talking about hosting for thousand dollars a month, but uh, so it's expensive for a website, but when a website was being quoted from other providers for $3,000 plus, I was really getting excellent service from Pagely uh, for the price. If you have websites where you really rely on uh, your website provider being reliable, having excellent human support, I can't remember the last time it took longer than, I don't know, an hour for like a real answer to a support question, not an auto answer, but someone that was you know, taking a technical look at my issue and getting back to me for about some question I have, almost always a question of my own fault, not to do with my actual hosting plan, but where I just needed help. Page.ly has plans for everybody, uh, whether it's that thousand dollar, two thousand dollar type of VPS or two hundred dollars for five sites. That's what their small VPS instance sets up for you. It's all built on AWS. They've really fine-tuned it really, really well over the years. It's an excellent service. Go to Pagely.com to try Pagely today. Let them know PostStatus sent you, and uh, they've been a long time partner, good friends of the show and friends of PostStatus, and I can't recommend them enough. I trust my own websites at Pagely. Go to Pagely.com. Thanks to Pagely for being a PostStatus partner. One of the things you had me do when we were... Uh, just trying to figure out would we make good partners was an assessment through uh, Colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com. And that one stuck with me. You had me do a couple of them, which I thought uh, was fun across the board. And just the fact that you wanted me to do that told me a lot about the type of partner you could be, you know, like the way your mind works versus mine. Um, The Colby one I thought was interesting because it, it, it gave me an understanding of how I work. You have an understanding of how you work based on your assessment profile. And then it tells you, okay, well, because you have this and you have this, you you two may have conflict in this way, or you may have a really nice gelling in this way. And why don't you talk about how that kind of fits into this? So if I'm talking about my, I need these, you know, the big picture's fine. But then, if you just say, take the big picture and go write a book, I'm in trouble. But if you say, take the big picture and go write some like thousand word articles, I'm like, okay, I can accomplish this. So, take this assessment, how you blend that and turn it into an effective partnership.
1: So, my belief is whether it's a team or a partner is to leverage your or their unique strengths and experiences that I probably don't have, or if we overlap, there's uniqueness in there. And so, specifically with our partnership, and we did these these uh, discovery tools at IThemes too for years. Uh, strengths Finder from Gallup uh, was the one. We can put these in the show notes. Uh, it gives you your top five strengths, um, and then so let me unpack that. So Strengths Finder is one that I had you do because I kind of wanted to see verify probably what I already thought about what your unique strengths were and what you believe they, they are. And real quickly with that, I can go. There's some overlap, but there's differences. And that's why, like, one of yours, I think, is analytical, and that shines brightly with everything post-status. Like, I told you years ago, what I always found value was your insight and analysis on everything that was breaking. Like, I wanted to, I may not agree with you every single time, but I was like, no, I want a different perspective. And that's something I knew ahead of time, but it helped me just kind of really identify that. Um, so runner does that with teams, with partnerships, whatever. And by the way, the joke was, I thought you were going to say this, but when my wife and I first met, um, I had her do these too. And she was yeah. like, what the heck? You're you, I have to take a test to date you to see if I'm, you know, marriage material. But <laughs> now she's a big fan. Um, but Colby is really interesting because it's how you um, instinctively take action. And we, we started with StrengthsFinder and then we evolved into Colby because I wanted to see how you instinctively took action. So there's four modes fact finder which is uh you know a high fact finder which you happen to be is very i mean it lends to everything you've done which is analytical research i mean dive deep into an area i'm a middle of the road fact finder which is i want the essential truth um and uh the three other areas are quick start most entrepreneurs many entrepreneurs i should say are quick starts high quick starts i'm, I'm a high quick start um, the, the other one is the blue one, which is fall through, and it's not like you can't ever fall through, but it's step-by-step kind of mode of action. If you have a problem, I'm going to figure out step one, step two, step three, step four. The yellow is implementation. People behind that are the ones like Matt Danner who are amazing with their hands at like woodworking and different things or whatever, like very high implementers are in that. Well, so what I found from you is that we had we had compatible Things where I knew we could work really well together, but I knew there was also warning signs like, you, you're you a medium quick starter, which you and I could ideate all day and not get anything done. So that was the thing we talked about. You already recognized it. FactFinder is great because um, we're kind of in that mode where we're not in what Colby calls conflict, but we're low in the blue, which is step-by-step plan. We're kind of finding the shortcuts, band-aid it together, put it together, and do that. So we talked about that actively. Uh, you already recognized that, but that helped us talk through, okay, our similarities can also be our weaknesses. <laughs> um, yeah. We need someone to kind of help us. And I know David and Dan really help us on some of those things that we might go, man, if it left to us, we'll do it at the last minute right before the deadline.
0: And just being cognizant of that as we go about our day-to-day in partnership, you know, it it allows me to say, okay, I need to think, I need to be sure and no. like here's our plan we came up with our plan we've got these ideas and the follow through component or the uh you know the take it to execution side of things it's like i have to make sure that we both understand what to do where to go and bring people along to help us accomplish that and so far i think that's been effective and sometimes that's tooling you know like um it's one thing if we have our, all our conversations in Slack and we have these pages of notes uh, in our note-keeping apps and we you know, collect our thoughts, but then it's another to say, okay, well, let's put it on a schedule and let's set a date for when we're going to launch this thing. And let's have our plan of action for you know, who's responsible for what and put deadlines on that across the way. And to me, that tooling side of things, which could be as simple as Basecamp or whatever, is my way of introducing accountability to an area where we both identified kind of on the same side of the spectrum, which is in, in that in that particular instance, it's kind of the kind where it's like ours has its own benefits, like the way we sit, but you really need that person that's like the big long spreadsheet project manager, very type A type of person to help, uh, help rein us in when we could end up down a whole bunch of different rabbit holes, uh, you know, ideating the next two years of what post status is going to be. And it's like, well, somebody's got to do what we're going to do in the next two weeks or the next two months. And, yeah. uh, so that gives us that accountability there.
1: Well, we were supposed to record this podcast, uh, six hours ago, I think. <laughs> and, uh, we had, I, you know, part of that was we had think, we still, we're so new in our partnership and trying to get some things done at post status that we need to have the time. But we had deliberately two weeks ago set this date to record and then now we're six hours later recording it. Um, But I know we'll get to those type of things. But it's that, you know, we could, we're the, I think you and I are kind of wired to be the squirrel, you know, new idea. Okay, let's chase it. We've talked about that. And we both have, I think, helped each other rein each other in on that. Like, hold on. This is first, that's second, that's third, right? <laughs> yep. 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 Let's go back to that. Cause it's really fun to dream. Um, it's really fun to ideate and think about cool stuff, especially as quick starts in the Colby kind of mantra. So, but there needs to be somebody that also says, okay, let's stop dreaming. Now let's go do.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, I've been proud of how we so far been able to, to do that. And we realize it's important. And I think, Maybe one of the things that has allowed us to do it is when we first started the partnership, we uh, and you really helped me outline this. And it's like, what are our goals uh, for the business, for the partnership, where we want to be in a year or two years and three years? And therefore, we say, okay, if this thing is effective in January, next January, what have we accomplished? And we said, okay, we want, you know, certain things. It's it's a number of subscribers or it's a number uh, of page views or a number of members or uh, a degree of um, like member satisfaction, like things that you want to strike. And then it's how do you plan to accomplish that and keep that as your goal? How many dollars do you need to make a day if your dollar goal for the year is this? Uh, And that was really helpful for me to put all that in context.
1: So one other thing I did, I don't think I've told you this either, is I've had a coach for a year and a half now, a personal coach. She's fantastic. Her name is Kelly. We came into this, and she was like, "Okay, you got five projects. What do you need from me?" And I was like, "Here's what I think I need. We need to go weekly. And what I don't want to do, my virtual assistant helps me take te- certain tasks that I need to just free up my time, for, you know, to do other things." my coach is, okay, here's the deal. I'm highly invested in my time, my money, my energy, and all of these projects. And they've got to make progress. I've got to move the needle. That is the most impactful things. So what we do now is each week we do a 30 minute laser call. And I talk through the big issues, I think through the projects and I go, okay, with post status this week, we need this. And, And she helps me get clarity on that before, by the way, I have my partner calls, like with you. We we do our calls on Friday. I do my call with Rebecca on Wednesday, and my partner Jeff on Monday. And uh, so I'm like, man, there's too much stuff going on. I've got to have that kind of clarity, and she's helped me rehearse and get ready for. It because, like for instance, I try hard not to ping you, because I know there's a bucket of time, there's a bucket of energy that probably is owned mostly by Erica and your two kiddos. And I want to be really careful when I withdraw from that. So um, so she's helped me go, and I looked over the last 30 days. That's a, So every week is 30, 30-minute 30 call to kind of get ready and make sure I'm on task for all the projects. The last meeting, which I just had this week, is a one-hour kind of look back over the last 30 days and then the look forward the next 30 days. So I make sure I'm keeping progress with all the critical projects I've got going on. And that's just another level of optimizing. For I, there's a lot on the the line for me. There's a lot mm-hmm. on the line for you, and uh, my other partners. And so I want to make sure we're we're focused and making the most progress we can for all of these, so that we can say high five and go. This is a this, these were the best times. One yeah. thing resonated with me for you, Brian, is you said for years you know kind of been doing it by yourself. I actually just ran into your I'm burnt out that. like it was the first sentence i'm burned out and i was like man i can resonate with that and one of the compelling things that he said to me is i just i don't want to do this alone again i could i could sell this i could do this and just leave but i just really don't want to do it alone and that i told you then resonates with a lot of solo entrepreneurs it's tough doing it by yourself i had a side amazing sidekick in Matt dinner and i think that helped me not do it alone and then a group of entrepreneur friends WordPress, non-WordPress to help me over the years. But, uh, man, that's something that you can mention, too, is how a partner or a team or somebody that can come alongside you is so powerful.
0: Yeah, there's uh, two things there. It applies to both of these, I guess. Uh, A lot of people, you know, they dream when they're in a normal nine to five job. They're like, okay, well, I have so much more upside potential or so much more opportunity for freedom and all these things. If I go out on my uh, on my own and work on this thing and turn my hobby into my business or turn my side gig into a full-time gig, and I think it takes several years potentially of doing that before you oftentimes – for, and maybe it's for certain personality types that then they say, okay, this has some real benefits. But there's some real drawdowns too that I need to consider. And for me, okay, I love the freedom. I love the upside potential. But at the same time, I liked working with people and I liked bouncing things off uh, teammates. And that was an important thing for me to figure out how can I recapture. And I think a lot of people that might be listening to this talking about juggling multiple things, working with a partner, well, maybe they've all kind of landed on that. So now you, there's this kind of fundamental balance there where when, You're juggling multiple things. None of them is necessarily such a security blanket or a safety that it is the same as a full-time job. So this balance is how do you spend time in the places where you can make money, yet none of them are probably sufficient relative to what you could make in a full-time job. Like, say, if you were making uh, you know, $100,000 in a full-time job, well, your main side hustle, it, maybe it's making $50,000, and your other side hustle is making uh, you know, another $50,000. Well, you're making $100,000 total, but it requires this balance between the two of them. Uh, in our situation, you have partners. So, like, my needs from the business, do they align well with your needs from the business from a revenue standpoint? There's so much balance and minutiae. Uh, so, you have to balance, like, okay, I want to work with people. I want to have this freedom, but there's all this, all this balance that's required there. And I would be curious if you have any kind of final tips to find the sweet spot while you're, while you're doing that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, for years I said, it's a sidekick. It's, it's the Matt Danner. It's someone that just is, doesn't have, has, has compatible strengths to you and, but you're not strong in the same area where you can kind of divide and conquer and so I've honestly thought about it as a work spouse, you know, we kind of bandied that, uh, that phrase around a little bit, but I mean, there's an element to that. a work spouse, like having someone you can confide in and I, I bet you there are entrepreneurs and founders, uh, solopreneurs listening to this today. That is like in the spot you were. And, and by the way, when I struck out, it's been a year ago this week, I'm a, back on my own. I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted to do it with other people. And um, I found some great people, one of them being you, and uh, to do it together and collaborate. So, but I think, you know, somebody goes, well, I don't want to give away equity. I get that. Then find a strong uh, sidekick, uh, a work type spouse that feels ownership, that you could give some rewards if they need it, but find that person that is the end to your yang. Um, We miss that. And then secondarily, I'll tell you, uh, I know the work sidekick, work spouse type thing is hard. Um, and the partnership conversation is hard, but I'll tell you, and this is something you and I have been talking about, uh, small groups of like-minded people on the same path with the same values have been life-saving and changing for me. So I've been in one group for nine years now, 10 years almost. I've helped start two more. Um, we're talking about trying to get that kind of group uh, people in the room to rub elbows that get it, that understand the story. Cause I always get the joke, most of us don't know what our parent you know, our parents don't know what we they we do for a living. My yeah. dad still thinks I just upgrade computers somehow. But um, you know, having a group of people that just get you I know you and I've talked, you've got some dear friends you lean on, you meet with weekly even. Um mm-hmm. is the same. Can be those kind of compatriots that like you can let your guard down. And uh, and share like today sucks. And I've tried to be that for people and also cling to those that are like vulnerable and, and genuine and authentic and are willing to let the guard down, the shields down, take the mask off, all that kind of stuff and go, hey, not everything is rosy. So, you know, the two things is one is finding someone in the business that can work with it that just gets it. That's a hard one. I know. Second is finding a group of people that are on the same path as you and share life and go deep. And it doesn't always have to be personal or a business. It could be personal. Some of the most endearing moments I've had with my friends that I count as brothers and sisters. I mean, like, they are family to me. If something were to happen to me, they'd be the first people at my house seeing if Lindsay and the kids were okay. Um, But finding that group of people, and you and I have been talking about this. How do we do that through post-status community to pull in our amazing uh, community of founders entrepreneurs and um, give that type of like being in the room together and sharing that stuff that it's the high fives and it's the hugs that you need when things are just bad. So that, that'd be my two takeaways. How about yeah,
0: yourself? That's really good on. And I think that's, I'll leave it there from a partner perspective. I'll jump back to the juggling things and just give my final uh my final comparison, maybe. So I'm thinking, okay, a web developer or you know, somebody that's somewhat technical or works in the web industry at minimum. All right, so if I gave you the challenge to say, hey, this website's slow, we need to speed it up. Well, the first thing you would want to know is where is it slow, why is it slow, and kind of audit that process. And I think that that was the biggest thing that I had to come to the terms with, which was if I'm going to juggle multiple things, I need to know... Where is my time going? I don't know how many times I had these weeks where the week goes by, much less the day, and it's like, okay, I had stuff I wanted to accomplish. I know I didn't accomplish everything on my list, but when I look back, I felt busy, but the results weren't there. What happened? And that is dangerous because you're not auditing, you're not knowing where your energy actually went so that you can iterate and improve it doesn't mean you have to be perfect it doesn't mean you have to have like every hour tracked but i think if you're going to make your website faster and more efficient the first thing to do is to identify what are the processes that are slowing it down right now what is like what what are the pivot points the uh what are the the bottlenecks where is my time being consumed and where when i look at that if i say i'm spending 10 hours a week on phone calls or if i'm spending uh 10 hours a week uh, you know, in support. Okay, what's the value of the time that I'm spending there? And the best thing to in juggling those multiple things is to try to find the difference makers in that time and spend more time on the difference makers and find out how to bring someone else in, a contractor a VM or offload it to your partner if they're really good at it uh, and getting them to do those things. You've told me, I don't even know how many times since, uh, you know, we started talking about I talked about, you know, managing support, which is pretty light with post status, but you were like, I don't want you in support, like get out of there. And I'm like, okay, that's okay, that makes sense. But we still need to take care of support. But it starts by identifying how much time am I spending in that type of communication? And therefore, uh, how can I effectively bring someone else on to take that task or put it in a certain bucket, like I'm going to do support every Monday and every Thursday or something like that and it, that way it's not kind of floating along with me the whole time and that's what i found most effective in terms of auditing and improving my personal processes to be able to juggle multiple things which is an ongoing battle an ongoing struggle but one that i've certainly seen progress on especially since i started self auditing where i was spending my time
1: yeah that's really good i, I my calendar if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to get done. I don't do the time blocking like Syed does, but for mostly, but man, I, I live by that calendar and I've had to start trying to bracket time for certain things. But I think the audit is so good. Always be optimizing, you know? Um, Cause again, we, we, you and I on this project have very limited time and energy. And, uh, so we put our best into it, but, I want to prioritize that time and then optimize for the bugs. Like, okay, are we spending too much time here? Should we, you know, and I think that kind of review helps us make good decisions too and going, okay, this is bleeding in here. This is a warning sign. Like the dashboard says overheat or something, you know, we can go in and go, okay, well, how do we collaboratively figure this out?
0: Yeah. Well, let's optimize this podcast a bit and leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Corey, for chatting with me. This was obviously relevant for us, and these are always self-reflective. We'll be able to think back on what we said here and how we can do better from here. I hope that it helps you as well. I hope everybody has a great week. And we go to postats.com slash club and sign up if you haven't already. Corey and I have spent the majority of our time figuring out how to make the club better and more appealing uh, to people that are already members and would consider being members. So if you're not a status Club member, you're going to miss out. Uh, So go to poststatus.com slash club and sign up and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.